0: It's easy to water down your message, you know, and say kind of something that appeals to everybody. But we found it was really important to make sure that we say expressly, we stand with the black community. That's something that's very difficult for people to, to say sometimes and possibly hear. And we thought that that was really, really important to say.
1: And hey, welcome to My Company Story. I'm your host, Don Burge. My Company Story is a podcast where I get to interview some of the most interesting business owners and CEOs about the challenges that they've faced and how they've overcome them. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm here with John Reed. John is the president and co-founder of IAMed. John, welcome to My Company Story. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. John, uh, before we get into the challenges that you faced, uh, and we've all faced a lot of challenges in these last few days, Uh, today is June 3rd, uh, and there's been a lot going on recently. But let's first talk a little bit about, John, what your background is and what IA
0: Med is and why you started it. Sure. Um, First, I do just want to make note that given the the time and and what's going on in America when this is being recorded, um, you know, just want to say that Black Lives Matter and um, on behalf of our business, we we stand with the Black community as they uh, pursue human rights. Um, And just, I think it's important to start the conversation from my perspective uh, there. Um, Very well said, thank you. Thank you. uh, yeah, so uh, I'm John Reed. Um, I was formerly a Special Forces medic, a green beret. Um, I graduated from UCLA and enlisted uh, as an E4 specialist in the U.S. Army and went to Fort Vanning, Georgia. Um, became an infantryman. Uh, went through the entire Army Special Forces qualification course and became a world class trauma technician as an 18 Delta. Um, I've done two tours to Afghanistan, um, both serving in VSOs, which are uh, austere firebases, as well as running commando missions in Kunduz province with the uh, Afghan commandos. Um, I've always been really interested in medicine. Um, my first job actually was an EMT in Los Angeles. we um, running a 911 ambulance for UCLA. Um, and uh, following my time on active duty, I transitioned to the National Guard, came back home, Um, Thought it wasn't, like many veterans, wasn't sure where I was going with my life. Uh, So what better to do than go back on the GI Bill and go to school? Um, And I thought I would become a physician and go to medical school. So I did my post back, And during that time, I wondered uh, how I could make my application stronger. And I thought, hey, being a part of a, a medical company or medical education company would look really great. Um, I had been, gone through a course before, a flight paramedic course, and uh, this instructor really grabbed me as a dynamic instructor. Um, he had been doing these trainings in, I think, Tullahoma, Tennessee, very, you know, very small in the La Quinta there. Um, and I said, hey, you know, you're you're great at teaching. We should put this online. Um, I can help you build a business around this product. So we partnered, um, and that was the beginning of a, a really long and winding journey. Um, lots of ups and downs. Uh And we started, um, again, with this product around flight paramedic training. Uh, We became heavily involved with government contracting for what's called prolonged field care, Um, having worked with clients such as the Office of Special Warfare, and then now have wandered our way back into uh, a focus on the B2C side, particularly around test prep, while also supporting uh, B2B clients with developing and accrediting medical education, including conference management.
1: Wow, John, that's an amazing journey you've had. And what is that over the course of when did how many years has that been? When did you when did you uh, do your tours? And then when did you get out? And what tell me a little of the timeline with that?
0: Sure. So in 2009, I shipped out um, and left for the Army Um, and again, spent three years there in training Uh, on active duty. I did one tour. And so I left active duty uh, in 2014 and went back into school at that point. Um, and for the next couple of years, uh, I uh, pre- primarily worked on IA Med, eventually giving up the idea of medical school to do that. And then I deployed my second time with the California Army National Guard in 2016, I believe. Um, and when did and, you
1: partner with your partner now to start the company, with uh, to start uh, IA Med?
0: Yeah, so he had started an LLC um, as an individual uh, prior to that in 2011, and I became co-owner in 2014. Um, and then, increasingly, became more of owner, and eventually, it bought him out, and then now have a a, a different partner, and that came around twenty seventeen.
1: Oh, great! Well, congratulations on that. So, it's safe to say, you've been in this space for uh, your whole career for quite a bit, for quite a long time. And tell us a little bit about you. Said it's B the flight paramedic training. It was B to C, B 2 B, a lot of government work like that. Tell me what those customers look like now, or what that makeup is.
0: Yeah, um, so the, the bulk of our business has been, or at least the most forward-facing, is test prep for uh, people who want to become flight paramedics. Um, but we also do a bunch of continuing education just for licensing and, uh, and certifications uh, for paramedics and nurses alike. Um, we really started with uh, a study guide and a course, and it's grown into digital courses. And now we also use third-party content creators to develop courses, and we accredit them. The unique thing that we're doing at this point where we're trying to find people who are doing, let's say, podcasts almost like this um, and being able to accredit it for medical education um, so that these individuals who don't have the resources to uh, go out there and get an accreditation themselves um, can still hopefully provide good medical education and get the hours uh, that people need as a provider.
1: Great. So you're providing the accreditation for this service then. And how do you... um, how do you go about finding clients? Is that very difficult, or is it a, is it a matter of, of of searching under with so many government contracts, or how do you how do you do that?
0: Yeah, so um, we actually in terms of b 2 C, um, we have a very, very strong grassroots following. our word of mouth is what has driven us, and we've coupled that with a strong digital marketing um, uh, aspect when we were doing the government contracting, that's a lot of personal relationships and it's been, an, uh, that's one thing that I liked and did not like about the space, um, is that these are, are, uh, what I would call home runs, um, in the sense that big contracts enduring, they can be five years plus. Um, but at the same time, there's only so many players in the space and it can be highly competitive, um, and very cutthroat and, uh, and, and there's a lot of personal relationships going on kind of behind closed doors and jockeying. Uh, as with all business, but for some reason, it didn't quite sit well with me uh, in the, in in the government space, particularly with training that had to do with people like myself, special forces medics. Um, And a lot of times I felt that they were not really thinking about the end user and the quality of education. It was just the contract and, you know, doing the bare minimum. So that's one of the major reasons why uh, I separated with my former partner is that I really wanted to focus on the civilian side in the sense that I had the opportunity to really develop our products and the quality and have this sense of mission. Um, and what's interesting is that now for the last two to three years, we've really focused on the civilian side. Our product is unmatched by anyone else in our industry it is by far the leading product. And now the military is coming back to us again saying, Hey, can we come to your classes? Oh, fantastic. Can we yeah, it's been, it's, it's a full circle. And um, so I love, especially as a special operations medic, to see um, people from the PJs or the Rangers or special forces seals come into our courses and saying, this was great. I That's haven't, fantastic. this is a breath of fresh air.
1: That's great. Now tell me a little bit about, tell our audience a little bit about your company structure. I mean, how many uh, folks, do you have? Are they are they trainers? Are they uh, uh, support staff? Or tell us, give us a little broad idea of what that looks like in your company.
0: Sure. So on a day-to-day, we have uh, five individuals who are doing everything from customer support to uh, accreditation management um, and strategic operations. On top of that, we then have, hmm, at this point, I'm not even sure, probably 10 to 15, uh, 1099 contractors who are uh, part-time for instruction as well as content development uh, throughout the United States. Um, we are headquartered in Los Angeles. We uh, have an office in in Salt Lake City, uh, and then the rest of our team is remote. So, interestingly enough, we've been we are well established and set up for this post-COVID world, uh, where we you know we already were remote. That's all we knew. Uh, so the transition for there was really easy. So it's been actually an interesting time for us.
1: Great. Well, it has been an interesting time for everyone in business and, and living through this, what we're going through right now. And as you mentioned just now, then the, the last couple of months then haven't really changed your business fundamentally because you've always been working remotely. Is that what I hear you saying?
0: It is. Yeah. Um, the only difference is that we've been developing um, our flagship course for in an on-demand online format for about a year, year and a half now. And luckily it was done and in, t- in place uh, right when this thing kicked off, but it hadn't been launched. So the difference is that we took this leap of faith. We we're like, we've got this. It's ready to go. Uh, and instead of kind of a gradual release, we just went full throttle, pulled all of our in-person training, canceled all the conferences that were going to be in, in, uh, in the queue, uh, and committed to digital. And luckily, um, and through the help of our, our marketing agency, Hawk Media, uh, we've really been able to make that that gap small. Uh, and now actually, our profitability and our profit margin is just significantly higher because now we're entirely digital.
1: Wow, that's um, fantastic. So yeah. is it safe to say that business has grown in these last couple of months? Or is it stayed flat? Or just the profit margins gotten better? Or tell me more about that.
0: So it, we're still trying to sort through the data specifically of, of there's been a lot of changes to the business, not only in the products that we're delivering, also our marketing strategy. So we're trying to figure out exactly uh, if it's grown or if it's just the profit margin. But it seems to be that um, the product has really resonated with our community uh, in it, a level of professionalism and quality that hasn't been seen. So we've been able to, I think, gather more and more support. And also just people are desperate right now for online education. Um, particularly in the medical space and, um, you know, the accreditation requirements for all paramedics is coming up. It was in March and it was pushed back to July. So, you know, everybody's scrambling to get education right now. So we're trying to see if it's a seasonal thing, uh, but it does seem to be that our business is growing at this point.
1: That's fantastic. Well, congratulations on that. Let's talk a little bit, John, now about some of the challenges that we were talking about earlier, and especially, I mean, the pandemic uh, crisis has gone on, but you've weathered that storm, in fact, thrived during it in, in some ways and been set up in the right place. But what about the challenges, particularly now with the protests, the looting going on the last couple of days here now, how have you dealt with that as a leader of your company and with your team? Tell us a little bit about what that looked like.
0: Yeah. So there's two pieces to that. There's one, uh, how are we doing as an organization? And then there's two, where do we fit into society as a whole? And as a team um, in crisis management, I think we thrive. Uh, It seems to be that like our our team, there's always something going on. And especially this year, it's one thing after another. So we are seasoned veterans of crisis, it feels like. And that's kind of just our, yeah, that's just how we operate. Just um, the crisis of the day going on here today, right? Pre- pretty much. And yeah. actually, when that's when that's your baseline, it, it, it's once you've adjusted that, and in the military, they say, uh, get used to being, oh, is it, uh, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Ah. And that's, we definitely have at this point. So, and a lot of the um, skills and the mindset that I developed in Special Forces Uh, is excellent for crisis times. I think that military veterans and business do extremely well during times of crisis because we default to our training. Um, So on the operational level, at the leadership level, I think we're doing very well, um, and we've moved very quickly. Again, the transition from in-person to online was legitimately four days. The entire team, um, and there was actually, strangely, very little communication going on between myself and my team members. Everybody just knew what they had to do, and we were executing. Um, and that was amazing to see, um, beyond that, uh, now in, from a societal perspective, um, it's, this is a challenge for us. And, um, you know, with all the social upheaval going on, um, a lot of people are asking themselves, what does this new America look like? And particularly in the EMS industry, what does that look like for us? Um, traditionally, you know, EMS is a part of the system, um, and it, it works side by side with, law enforcement, um, but with that being said, also uh, as a medical provider, you, you're, I think you're driven to your work because you want to help all people, not just a certain type of people. And the EMS industry has been very quiet uh, as a whole about what's going on. And um, as an organization, uh, we found it was really important to ask, part of our brand is being real uh, and saying what needs to be said so over the last couple of days, we've had to take a real look at ourselves and say, "Where are we?" And um, and that started with the leadership team call and saying, "And again, we 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 never talk about politics uh, in in our our day to day work because I believe firmly that um, you you have a right to your opinion and that shouldn't affect how you uh, are perceived or uh, treated in the workplace. So, but this was something that kind of exceeded or superseded uh, politics. This is an issue with humanity. So I had to bring my team together and say, hey, where are we on this? And uh, we all came to the conclusion that we need to expressly stay, say that we stand with the black community and, um, and that we believe in human rights. And uh, that we weren't sure how that would go over. I wasn't sure how that would go over with my leadership team exactly. Um, everybody rallied around it, crafted a great message. It uh, took two days to craft, I think, five sentences, um, and then we went to our all of our employees um, and put it out on our Slack channel, and saying, "Hey guys, we're putting this out. Um, we, but before we do that, we want to hear what you're saying, wh- uh, what you're thinking, how do you feel about this?" Again, everybody rallied behind it, um, and that's a fine line because right now you it's easy to water down your message, uh, uh, you know, and say kind of something that appeals to everybody, but we found it was really important to make sure that we say expressly, we stand with the black community. That's something that's very difficult for people to to say sometimes and possibly hear. And we thought that that was really, really important to say.
1: So John, let me ask you then as, as the leader and president of your company, did you find that when you did take this message or this, the, the thought that you wanted to do this to your staff, were they, were they relieved to hear that? Were they a little intrepid? I mean, how did they, respond to you? Was it like, oh my gosh, finally, we have a leader stepping up or was it was like, are you sure you want to go there? I mean, tell me what their reply was.
0: Totally. Um, and, and, you know, again, we're in an industry that historically uh, stands with the law enforcement community um, and, uh, and may lean more to the right. And we weren't sure how this message might resonate with our community. And we, we did take the hard look at it and say, we might lose business here. We might lose contracts with organizations. Uh, We might lose customers. Um, And we all agreed that it didn't matter, that this was the right thing to do. Um, And that was who this brand is. And we've never hidden behind uh, what's easy for the sake of profits. Um, It's very easy to just stay silent. And we felt that that was was not an option. So the team came together uh, and uh, everybody felt the same Every time we've uh, discussed this with everyone, it's that these people are all feeling the same thing, and there's pain, uh, and there's confusion, and people want to see other people treated right,
1: right, whoever they are. Now, once you've got that message out then, and I know it's been only a day or two now, but have you heard anything from your community, from, the, from your customer base, from vendors, from people that are outside of your organization, have you heard back from anybody saying, hey, thank you for taking this stance? Or are you sure you want to do this? Or are you going out on a limb? I mean, what, what, what kind of reply have you gotten from the outside world?
0: So from our, our grassroots followers, our actual individual customers, B2C, um, we've, and again, this is just, we launched it last night and I think I was refreshing every five minutes. Um, the like surprisingly, and I guess this is maybe not that surprising, but there really wasn't any backlash. There was no trolling. I I thought we would have some major, major debates. We even talked about, Hey, are we going to allow comments on this? And we said, of course we have to We This is, this is a conversation that needs to be had. Everything has been positive. Everybody, I think literally uh, one of them is I love you guys, you know, and that's, and that says so much about our community where these people feel that they can know us and that, you know, they see us as individuals uh, and that we're part of this community and um, trying to just trying to do the right thing. Um, right. One point that I think is important is that you don't have to necessarily have a clear decision or understanding of the situation right now. And that it's okay to be questioning what's going on and listening and not necessarily, um, yeah, know exactly what is right for you. Uh, and that it seems to be that right now in America, you have to be one way or another. And I don't think that that's true. I think that it's okay to uh, be at peace and think and dwell on on the situation and let it let it. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess, form in your mind and heart.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. That's going to be fascinating, John, I think, to follow up. And, you know, our, this broadcast will probably be in about a week or so from now. And I'd, I'd like to encourage uh, listeners to reach out to you and to follow you on social media and really to see what's changed between now and the next 5, 10 days or so. Uh, it'll be fascinating to see. If they wanted to do that, John, what's the best way to do that, to follow you or to get a hold of you if, if someone wanted to do such?
0: Um, They can definitely uh, email me at jreed, J-R-E-E-D, at I-A-M-E-D dot U-S. (laughs) Or they can um, send a message to our support channels or any of our social media channels. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, John X Reed. Um, Yeah, any of those channels works for me. You can give me a call if you want to. I'll give you my phone number.
1: (laughs) Not on this air, but individually. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) They can call me. So what, uh, John, what are the social media areas that you, that you are posting on that you mentioned earlier? What are, what are, are they on Twitter, uh, uh, Instagram?
0: Where are you? So we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Instagram. Um, We, we use all channels except TikTok and Snapchat at this point. Um, Just not part of our industry as much. And uh, I think we have 26, 27,000 followers on Facebook right now. So uh, that's our main channel. Um, so, what is that, What is that Facebook? How would they find you on Facebook? Where would they go? Uh, just type in IA Med, IA space Med, uh, or IA Medicine, either one, and they should be able to find it. It's the top hit. That's great, John. Well, we'll look forward to following this, especially
1: a fascinating industry with with what's going on so current like this. And it'll be interesting to see in a few days where you are with that. And uh, and I uh, wish you the best of luck with you. And thank you so much for being on the show.
0: Thank you, Don. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about this.
1: Hey, thanks for listening to My Company Story. We have new episodes coming out every week, so please subscribe if you like this. And if you'd like to hear previous episodes, you can go to MyCompanyStory.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you or someone you know would be interested in coming on the show, please email me at Don at Burge dot com. Thanks for listening.